Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Derek Hubbard. I again want to thank you for joining us today on, on this podcast as we speak the Word of God and just talk to you in another session that we'll have today. There are a couple of ways you can reach us. One is by mail at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061, or by email at com. Again, Eric. 523 at gmail.com. Last week we were talking and uh, began a teaching on being called uh, or how are you being summoned. And this week we're going to continue that teaching. And I believe that as we go forward, we should know, and, and I believe all of us should realize or do realize that we all have a calling. The fact that uh, if you are a believer and you've received Christ as your Savior, meaning that you have received the calling, you heard the calling that Christ was placing on your life, and that call saying that uh, whosoever believeth on me should not perish but have everlasting life. But that call was that whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it goes on to say, how can he hear? Except there be, lest he hear a preacher. And how shall he preach? Unless he be sent. So not only must the uh, receiver of the call or receiver of the gospel, but also the giver, the man, the woman who will, who preach to you also must have that calling. And so when we talk today about being called, we talk about the purpose that God has for us, not only to be saved as, um, as, as the book of John, John three sixteen talks about how that the Lord wishes that all men would be saved, but also to know that as we read the scriptures and read how that the Lord made us all for a purpose, we all was put in this earth for this time. Everybody has their time. There has their season to be on this planet. And we all, as science says that we all have a, have a certain time that we are put in this earth and some people live a long time, some short. And I believe that as a believer, we have, we have a say in that. And of course we should take care of the temple that God has given us. But more importantly, we can speak the word, speak the words of, of, uh, of power, declare the, the words of healing and deliverance and, and prosperity in our lives. And I'm not just talking about prosperity of money. I'm talking about the prosperity of health, divine health. And that's what God has, has provided for all of us. For all of that is in salvation. And as I've said a few times in the past, that word salvation comes from the root word, Greek word of sozo. And sozo talks about our health, our prosperity, our salvation, of course. And it, and it talks about what God has already done for us. So we're going to read a brief scripture here over in the book of Revelation. And it talks about the pleasure of God. And this is in Revelation chapter 4, verse 13. And it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. All of us were created for the pleasure of God. God made us, and he made us good. Whenever you create something or you buy something you, and, and, you, and you possess it, and it's, it's something that you want to have and treasure, that means that you bought it for your pleasure. Well, what God did was when he created man, we were created for his pleasure so that he would get joy out of us succeeding, out of us being living the prosperous life, living the good life. And that life is, the good life is that when we have knowledge of what God has not only laid up for us, but when we are receiving what God has laid up for us. 
So this book of Revelation 4 and 11 says that the last stanza says, for thou hast created all things and for your pleasure. In other words, for God's pleasure, we are and were created. And as we just move on and just talk about this, uh, uh, this calling that God has on us, I'm going to read a little bit now, a little more about uh, the calling of, of the uh, writer of the majority of the New Testament and that being Apostle Paul. And we know as we as we go over into the book of Galatians, uh, we're going to start around Galatians one, Galatians uh, uh, one and ten. But just to give you a little background, we know that as Paul lived 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 uh, uh, in the time of Jesus, he was he was alive when Jesus walked the earth, and I believe that he was somewhere in Jerusalem. And there are verses how Paul said that he no longer knew Christ by the flesh. So I don't believe he had a relationship with him. I believe he saw him in the temple. I believe he heard him preach, but yet he was not in that circle. He was not a believer. Matter of fact, Paul fought against him. He, he, he stood against and he withstood Christians because he, he did not have the light that God had shined in the, in the first apostles and disciples that followed Christ. So we're going to read here in the book of Galatians 1.10, talks about how Paul talks about how that how that God called how this gospel that God gave him. God had a plan for him. He had laid these things out him. And as we read this scripture again, remember what Revelation 4.11 says that we all were created for his pleasure. We were created for the goodness for 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 the good of God, for the pleasure of God, so that God would find pleasure, that he would look at us and say, you know what, that goes my son, that goes my daughter, that goes my creation as, they, as we praise him, as we glorify him, as he is magnified. What did the uh, gospel writer say? Uh, that men should see our good works and do what? Glorify God. So God gets glory when we do good things in the earth in his name, when we as believers prosper. I know many speak against prosperity. They was all, oh, you know, that's all those, those preachers want. That's all those people preach about is money, 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 money. But everybody needs money. <laughs> you need money for transportation. You need money for food. You need money for your house. You need money for, uh, uh, for clothes, for everything you need. Money will answer your earthly uh, necessities. Money will answer it. But somehow, some have gotten the idea that uh, there are scriptures that say that Christ was poor, that we, we might be rich. And you say, oh, you see, Jesus was poor, so we all should be poor. Uh, uh, the preacher shouldn't have any money. He should just live off what the people give him. And nobody should, be, should have all of that. They shouldn't have a plane. They shouldn't have a car. They shouldn't have a house. You know, the uh, preacher dresses fancy. He has this and that. But yet, they have a car. They have uh, uh, fine jobs and they send their kids to uh, um, uh, the best of schools. Why shouldn't the preacher have it? Why shouldn't the believer have it? Not just the preacher, but all of the body. God wants us all to prosper. Paul said, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. So when we read this um, over in the book of Galatians, Paul begins to again talk Galatians 1 and 10 about his calling, about his gospel, about the gospel that God deposited in him. But he also talks about the calling of God, the summons of God. And it reads in Galatians 1 10, for do I now persuade men or God? So in other words, Paul is saying, when I preach this gospel, 
Who's, who's persuading uh, men to follow God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I shall not be the servant of Christ. But I certify, Paul says, I certify, I, I, my life has documented by the things that he preached, that the gospel which was preached to me is not after man. So Paul is saying, let me tell you something. I promise you, I did not go to others to get this gospel, which is above the law. You can put it this way. When the gospel was being preached, the law was being retired. That does not mean that the law was evil, that the law, the Bible said the law was good. Paul said it was good. However, after Christ, the law became the old letter. In the New Testament, the gospel that Paul preached was that when he said, if any man, any other man come preaching any other gospel, let him be accursed. He said, even if an angel comes and preaches or teaches you anything beyond or besides what I preach, you could not and should not receive it. Why? Because Paul had had the gospel deposited into him by the Holy Spirit. He was led, he was guided by the, by the Spirit of God to write these things in letter. And he penned these things so that we, in our day, in our time, could read them and prosper by what God had given him. So as we go on to read, he says that, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by what? The revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus shined through, through the Holy Spirit, the light of who Christ was and what he brought. What did, what did Jesus bring? And what did he deposit into Paul? That when Jesus came, it was not just to continue on with the law, but Jesus was the end of the fulfillment of the law and the gospel that was preached after Christ's death and resurrection is a new testament, a new will, a new promise that God has given us which superseded or is over the law. So as we keep reading, it says, for you have heard of my conversation in times past, how in the Jewish religion, how that beyond measure, I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Paul said, Paul wreaked havoc on the church. He was a terror on the church. And we know how that he, well, he's the one that helped disperse the church from Jerusalem into the uttermost parts of the world. He's the one that sets aside and, and gave the go ahead to stone Stephen to death. He's the one that went into uh, the saints and the believers' houses and pulled mothers and fathers out of the houses so those people could be beaten, some stoned to death. And he's the one that got a writ from the chief uh, priest and was going to Damascus to terrorize that church. But on the road, Jesus met him. So we go on in the 14th verse, it says, he says, and I, and I profited in the Jewish religion above my many equals. So that Paul was saying, I was the best bounty hunter they had. This man who was called and summoned by God first was a bounty hunter. One who went and persecuted the church beyond measure because that's what he believed. Then it goes on to say, in my own nation, he said, I was, he says, and prophet in the Jewish religion above my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my father. Father's brother. But in the 15th verse, it says, but when it pleased God at God's pleasure, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. 
God had a call or a summons on him before he was calling him. But we know when he met him on the uh, road to Damascus, Jesus met him, he told Paul what? It's hard for you to kick against the prick. It's hard for you to resist me. Now, I believe that Paul had free will just like we do. Paul could have said, no, I don't believe this. Even though a great light shined on him, even though he was blinded, Paul could have rejected what he received, but he did not. He humbled himself and received the word, received that vision and received the words of Ananias. And not only that, he was baptized, not only and then he was uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit and God gave him back his vision. But God also, not only did he call him to salvation, now God said, I'm going to show you through, and I'm going to tell you what, what through Ananias. But what Paul did was he received what the preacher said. And then Paul said, I've got to get a revelation of this. And you read on the further scriptures, it says how it took Paul 14 years to get rid of Saul because that was his original name. Took Paul 14 years to get prepared. But the whole time before, I'm going to read that again. In the 15th verse, it was, it pleased God who birthed me. What was the separated mean? From my mother's womb and called me by his grace. God had a call on him. That was a purpose for him. That was a plan for him. And just like Paul, we have the same calling. We have the same thing on our lives. What God is doing is he's calling for us. He's calling us higher. This is your time. If you can hear by force, you, this is your time. You are anointed for now. You are called for now. And what God is asking for us to do is to answer the call. He will prepare you. He will outfit you. Every soldier that's sent into battle is outfitted. And we know in Ephesians uh, 6 chapter, around the 10th verse, it talks about the outfitting of the soldier. Or the yeah, outfitting of the, of the believer with the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, girded about with truth, feet child with the preparation of the gospel. All of these things with the sword of the, of the, of the spirit, which is the word of God. We are outfitted for the fight. We are called. We are summons. And if you receive the summons, then when the fight starts, when it's time to go out into battle, then you too will be able, just like Jesus, to walk in victory. We don't have to go out and slay the devil. We only need to speak the word because he's already defeated. He's already under our feet. We just have to declare what Jesus has already done. Declare it and claim it. So as we read on today, let's go on a little further in, uh, in Galatians. It says, why did God do is, is separate him? Why did God uh, pull him out? Why did he meet him on the road of Damascus? And the 16th verse, it says, to reveal his son in me. When Paul got saved, just like we did, when we receive his spirit, Christ is deposited in him. He was deposited in him, just like he's deposited into us. But it's the glory that's in us. There is a glory in every believer. There is a glory in you, the glory of God, which God wants to reveal to the world. He wants his power to be seen. He wants his anointing to be seen. He wants his goodness, his love. For God has been, he, God has been, uh, uh, God has been defamed. He's an evil God. He's a God that, that's out to punish. 
He's a God that does not forget. He's a God that's out to get you. Even he's gotten into the church. Well, oh, you know what? God don't like ugly. You know what? Uh, you know what? You're going to reap that. You're going to reap that. And surely you will reap what you sow. Not because God is getting you, but because of the evil that we do sometimes. And we go on in rebellion. And we go on in rebellion. And you keep pushing into rebellion, you're going to reap what you sow. But not because God is trying out to get you, but because we at times rebel against the goodness of God. But the scripture says the goodness of God is not punishment. The goodness of God is to lead men to repentance. But yet this good God will also correct you. The scripture says if God does not correct you, then you are bastards and not sons. Well, why would he say that? Because a good father corrects his son. A good father will, will, will bring correction, will come and say, look, I told you this is not the way. And if you keep going, they will issue correction so that he can get you and get us back on the right track. So again, going back to the 16th verse and talking about what God has done, it says to reveal the whole purpose of God meeting uh, uh, Saul, who later became Paul on the road to Damascus was he wanted to reveal Christ. He wanted to reveal the glory that was placed in him that he may preach. He, he may preach Christ among the heathen. And he said, then immediately what I conferred not with flesh and blood. But he said, I didn't go to Jerusalem where the apostles were. He said, but what? But I went into Arabia and returned again into Damascus. This first time he went for three years and we're not going to finish that. But what I'm saying to you is that God has a plan and a purpose. If we will hear the call, if you will answer the sermon summons, that summons that says, come home, daughter, come home, son, come home. I have work for you. And many of us, you know, you, if, if whether it's you or you know, you know, some people who are miserable, they just cannot seem to seem like nothing uh, uh, is, is in, is in, in ending up right. Everything that comes to, it falls to the ground because you're out of your place. God has called you. Some, they've heard the call. They, they follow God for a time. And now they decide to go back and try it the old way. It's never going to work. You will never have the peace because you've tasted. You had a taste of who Jesus is. And now you are unsettled because you know it's the goodness of God. The only thing you need to do is repent. And what repent means is to turn or change direction. No, God don't need you coming to him and begging and groveling. He's already forgive you of all your sins. Just come to him and say, Father, help. I yield myself to you. That's why Romans uh, 12, 1 says, I beseech you. I beg you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your body because God is calling you. He's calling me. He's calling us in this time. In this hour, for this people, we are called. And the, there's a fight going on. The, but, but, but the fight is good versus evil. The Bible says in our day, it would be, they will call evil good and good evil. They will elevate the creature over the creator. We are the creature. 
so many people now worship their own selves. They made themselves God. They make your own, their own rules. When God has clearly stated in the book that was given by revelation of who he was and what he desires for us to do. Let's go on now. Let's go to the book of uh, Psalms as we, as we close out today. Psalms, the book of Psalms uh, 138, 139, I believe. Psalms 139. Let me get this. Psalms 139. And we're just going to read about God's creation and how he called us. Last week we read how that he called us out of darkness, how he called light from darkness. God has also done the same from us, for us, and is still doing it. Even though he know he knew us and he knows us. He knows our frailties. He knows your uh, uh, what you don't have. And he still calls you. He knew, knows you had a problem with lying. And you're still doing it when you're in your saved. When you go back and, and, and trust in the flesh rather than trusting in God. He knows you have a problem with anger. Give it to him. Give it to him. You only have to say, Lord. I receive your grace for my tongue. I receive your grace, Lord, for my temper. I receive your grace, Lord. My old ways want to overcome me. But Jesus said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's why scripture says in Proverbs, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Don't put yourself down. Don't beat yourself up. Wherever you are, you can be in the middle of the strip club. You can be in the middle of the of the of the uh of your drink. Just remember God still love you. No, he he he's not calling you to uh to drink. He's not calling you to the strip club. He's calling you out. Don't let Satan keep you in that prison. Don't let Satan deceive you. Let, don't let him deceive you into thinking that God's all right with what you're doing. He loves you. But what you're doing is destroying yourself. You're missing your children's lives. You're missing the goodness of your marriage. You're missing the prime years of your career where you could be excelling rapidly if you would only give God a try, if you would only release yourself into his hands. Jesus himself, God himself, while he was in the flesh, had to trust God. Had to. Because he was a man just like us. He suffered just like us. He got hungry. He was, he was hot. He was cold just like us. But God lowered himself and said, I'll come. That's what Jesus did. And said, Father, I'll go. And he came for us. He lived his life. Because he knew that if I do this, if I allow myself to be planted in the earth, I'll reap a great harvest. So let's read uh, a few verses here in Psalms 139. The psalmist said, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Verse 139 and 4 says, For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest all together. God knows every word that you will ever speak and he still loves you he knows the curse words that you spitting out it didn't know it doesn't please god no it is not him that one that put that there but god cannot be tempted with evil but what he does know is i've got a call on him 
I've got to call on him. I'm going to show him my love. I'm going to show her my love. And while he's constantly beckoning and calling you and, and summoning you, says, come. Oh, you are laden and heavy laden. Some of you are carrying a heavy, well, some of us, we carry heavy loads. And you try to carry the loads of your children, the load of your marriage, the load of your job, the load of your parents, the load of your own things. Jesus says, cast your cares on me. I care. I care. He cares much for you. And he goes on to say in verse number five, for thou hast beset me behind and before and laid hands upon me, laid hand upon me. He says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot obtain it. He said, whether shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I flee from thy presence? God knows everything about you there is to know. From the, Jesus said, from the very hairs of your head that are numbered. Or if you have the lack thereof. He knows every hair. Every hair that's on your head. He knows it. And yet he still loves us. He still cares for us. Let's go down to verse number 13. It, and it reads, For thou hast possessed my reins, and thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. The writer says, I'll praise you. He said, when I see, when I just ponder God, knowing that he knew me before, he told Jeremiah, I knew you before you entered your mother's womb. God designed him. For his time, just like he designed you for, for your time. He designed me for my time. He says in the 14th verse, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. There are many who declare themselves atheists. But they call on God, whether, whether they're cursing or whatever else. You can't be calling on God. Now you said that he's not. He doesn't exist. And yet, they know. Romans 1 and, and uh, 18 to 23 says that, you know. Although, because when you knew God, you didn't, I know you're not glorifying him. You're cursing him and put, taking his name in vain. But you know there is a God. Because God said you do. You know it. You're just in denial. And it goes on to say in the 15th verse, my substance was not hid from you. Everything about you, all of your DNA, your eyes, your, your, your handprint, your height. God knew how tall you were. He knew the issues that were in your life. He sees you. God sees you. See, see that's the thing that many times we feel like, many feel like they're alone. You, you're alone in this earth and I got to do this all. I got I to get, get this work. I got to get this money. I got to do this, got to do that. Because they don't realize how much the father if he would give his son for us, how much more if you are hungry, if you're without a job, if you're, if you're homeless, let go and let God. It doesn't mean stop trying, but put God, the Bible says, in all thy ways, in Proverbs, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy path. God wants to direct you. He wants to give you loving instructions. Daughter, he doesn't want you sleeping in the street. Son, he doesn't want you sleeping in somebody's car on somebody's floor. He doesn't want you having to sell your bodies or sell drugs. He doesn't want you. That's not his desire. That's not God's best. 
And I know you think that's the only way you can make it. But I decree and declare unto you, this is the day that the Lord has made. Give him glory by, by, by lay, putting your life in his hands. And just by saying a simple prayer, Father, I come to you. I believe that you are real. I believe that your son came and he lived a sinless life. He died for my sins. He was beaten and his body broken and he bled for me. I believe he is the son of God. I believe that he died and he rose again on the third day. Lord, I give my heart to you and I receive your grace that you have for me. I thank you for Jesus. And Lord, I believe that I'm now saved. I believe you've taken away all my sins and you gave me grace for the pity and the shame that I once carried. Today, I'm new and I'm a part of the family of God. Lord, we thank you for all who hear us today, for every child of God, Lord, who is who, who feel, who's weary, who are tired, Lord God, who may be sick or burdened for the son or their daughter, they don't know where to turn. I pray, God, I pray, Lord God, that just these few words we've spoken today and all these teachings that we have on this uh, uh, podcast, Lord, and not just mine, but others, Lord, that they would hear your word and know that you love them. But we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And for this, we give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.